goodness. Thank you so much. Anybody feel like that song is their theme song right about now? Hallelujah. His goodness is running after. Been running after. says that the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of from its place in front of the people. Let us pray. Oh, most gracious and kind and ever-loving, everlasting God. Lord, we stand in your holy presence this morning, God, feeling your power, Lord, as it has rained down upon the hearts and minds of your people. Now, oh God, we've come to the place where we are going to Declare your word, oh God. And so, God, I just ask for strength. I ask that you will gird me up and prop me up on every leading side. God, make it so that the people will hear you and see you through me. That they will be strengthened. That they will be encouraged. And that they will run further help to help build up your kingdom. And I thank you for everything that I've seen and heard thus far. But most of all, God, I thank you for your son, Jesus, and what he did for each and every one of us on that day, on that cross. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. And I say amen and amen, amen. You have heard the reading of the text that we will be lifting up. Um, this morning coming from the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus. We are familiar with the book of Exodus as this is the second book in the Pentateuch, all right, all right, uh, in the Bible. It's called Exodus. This book has been given that name since what the Exodus really does, uh, Brother CJ, is it gives us some blow-by-blow blow action. You know, we like blow-by-blow blow action. We like to see step-by-step. Step. How did it all go down? We weren't there. Uh, and so we want to see just what happened. And so this book gives us this blow-by-blow blow action of what happened when the Hebrews were released from the hand of Pharaoh and began their journey in the wilderness. Now, I know, I know you all, we've seen uh, the Ten Commandments and we've seen uh, various theatrical performances, uh, Charleston Heston and all those others who who played those parts, amen, somebody. And they gave us a, a, a good idea of what happened, but I'm going to take the story right from the book. Amen, somebody. And we're going to see 
about this journey in the wilderness. I, 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 I know uh, uh, some of you can relate uh, to that because uh, uh, sometimes life can often feel like a wilderness experience. God and so and so for the time that God has given us when I when I have uh, 18 minutes or something like that to get this word out into the ears of the people but for the time that God has anointed and appointed us I'd like to uh, go by the sermonic theme of follow the fire mm. oh somebody help me somebody help me and see see sometimes sometimes uh, uh, life, talking about life now, can feel like we are wandering around uh, for years and, and can't seem to find the peace and contentment uh, that we seek. Can anybody ever ever been there? It's all right. It's all right. I know it might be just one or two of us. Uh, somebody, some of you have not ever experienced that, and it's okay. Uh, uh, but sometimes life can have you feel like you're all wandering around, just, just lost, just trying to figure it out. Um, as a matter of fact, you've been passing by the same scenery, that same set of trees, that same house, that same store, so many times that you have the conclusion that nothing will ever change. I, I, I know, I know, I've been there. You see, but it is the events in this book of Exodus that I am lifting up the pages this morning that lies at the very heart of the Old Testament. I'm teaching, I'm teaching right now. I'm going to preach in a minute, but I'm teaching right now. Uh, see, the Exodus is to the Old Testament what the resurrection is to the New Testament. Oh, oh somebody needs to, uh -huh, uh -huh, this, that, 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 that's what the Exodus is, you see. And so as a bit of a backdrop to the text that Minister Matt read for us, uh, uh, the Israelites have been complaining. They've been complaining. What a surprise, right? The, 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 the Israelites have been complaining to God about their situation under the hand of Pharaoh. You all, you all know the story as they have been enslaved people, amen, by the Egyptians for as long as they can remember. And it is an untenable situation. That means it's real bad, y'all. It's, it's real bad. It got real bad uh, up there. See, so for real, people really should never enslave another group of people. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that, that's that should not uh, be happening. Uh, uh, people don't appreciate being held captive by the hands of others against their will. You, you, you see, especially when one group doesn't mean their other group any good. Uh-huh, no, they didn't mean them any good. They were using them as free labor. Does that sound familiar? I think African Americans have gone through something similar as the, as, as the Hebrew children did. And can I just mention uh, as a sidebar that this uh, similar kind of situation is happening right now as we speak uh, between the, the Israelis uh, and the people of Hamas, amen, somebody where people have been kidnapped uh, and taken away from family and friends uh, uh, because somebody could. Mm. Yeah. 
uh-huh, uh-huh, and see, and see the, 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 uh, the Israelites. The Israelites were up in arms about what was happening to them for all of those years. Uh, and, and the situation that we have in Israel right now, people are up in arms uh, about what is going on. Um, but if we take a look at Pharaoh, you all know Pharaoh pops up in the text. Uh, in this situation, he was mean, he was nasty, Brother Rico. Uh, he was arrogant, he was relentless, uh, he was harsh, uh, he was very hard uh, in, in his dealings with God's uh, chosen people. Somebody need to know and say, uh-oh, 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 not, not, not good, that, that wasn't a smart move, brother Pharaoh. Uh huh. Uh huh. You see, the Israelites they 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 had said, "I've had it up to here with him." And so when when they they've been in bondage, the Bible teaches us four hundred and thirty years. So we look at being in bondage uh, for over four centuries. Uh, and, and so the Israelites said, "I've taken all we can stand," and they began to petition God for a change. Uh huh. As a matter of fact, they they begged God to free them from their bondage. And I want to ask the question this morning: Has anybody here ever had to ask God to change your situation? Oh God! Uh huh. See, somebody can relate to the Israelites. Um, you see, in Exodus 3, 7 through 9, God speaks to Moses uh, through something that we learn as a burning bush uh -huh, and appointed him to go to Pharaoh, mean, nasty, relentless, hard and harsh, uh, Pharaoh to let his uh, people go. Uh -huh. People, uh, God says, uh, their cry of distress uh, has reached my ears, uh, and so he is aware of their suffering, uh, and he has come to their rescue. All right, all right, just some background in the text there. Uh, but the Hebrews, the Hebrews, little did they know, needed more than to be rescued from bondage. Uh, they needed a little more than that. They, they needed a way out of their sin, come on somebody, uh, and a way into fellowship uh, with Almighty God. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I think the same is today for so many of us. Uh, uh, so many need to uh, 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 come out of their sin because they turned their backs on God. I think I think I'm telling somebody something this morning. But but the good news is that as much as our mess breaks the heart of God, it does not surprise God. Uh -uh. And He always has a plan to help us make it out of our mess. Uh, so that his name gets honor and glory. Oh, oh, I'm glad about that this morning. Uh, so I came to tell you, people of God, you best believe that our God has us just like he had the children of Israel when they were headed to the promised land. Uh, and, and, and as I stand here before you this morning, I, I don't know where God has promised to take you. I really don't. I, I have no idea what God is about to release in your life. I, I really don't. But I do know this, uh, that sometimes uh, 
divine place of destiny, uh, you're going to have to follow some fire. I'm going to help somebody. It's going to come clear in a minute. You see, as we begin our exegetical journey in chapter 13 in the text, we see the children have made it out of Egypt, all right? They're getting out of there. And it was a whole lot of them. I mean, a whole lot of them that had to get packed up and moved out. You see, in chapter 12 and verse 36 says that the Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on them and gave the Israelites whatever they asked for. Now, you know that, that that's God all over top of that. Am I right about it? That, that they're going to let you go and they're going to give you stuff to take with you? What? What in the world? What, what in the world? So they stripped the Egyptians of their wealth. So, so I just came to remind somebody to stick a pin there because I want to remind you that sometimes we have not uh, because we ask not. Uh, oh God, oh God, we got to ask. Uh, uh-huh. So as part of the process, Moses instructed them on how to celebrate Passover. That was important. It was incredibly important. And how to dedicate their firstborn and uh, their offspring and how to uh, uh, dedicate the animals to the Lord. Uh, you see, all of this is preparation for them uh, since they have been in a land that has demonstrated how to serve many gods. Uh, uh-huh, you see, you see, they did not learn to serve just one God, but they served many gods. Uh, you see, they've been in Egypt for so long that they serve a multiplicity of gods. Uh, thus, they need to unlearn some things uh, in order to for Yahweh to teach them something else. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. See, they gotta learn. They gotta learn to serve Yahweh only. Mm, only, only, only. Some of us, some of us still need that lesson. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, but I want to impress upon your mind that in most cases, uh, catch this now, unlearning something will tax you more than learning it the first time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Try, try, try to try to earn learn something you've been you've been doing for a long time. Let me let, let, let me let, let me let me give you a, uh, uh, an example. If you are a liar, somebody that just, just lies, yeah, just for the sake of lying. Amen, amen. I I I, I know y'all 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 used to know people that lied. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's, it's easy to lie when just about everything that comes out of your mouth is a lie. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you get used to that. Uh, you, you just can't tell the truth to save your soul. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, but, but I read in James 3 and 6 uh, that the tongue is like a flame of fire. A whole world of wickedness uh, corrupting your entire body that you can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by itself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm not talking about the tongue. Mm-hmm. But, but when you decide in your mind uh, that you're going to become a truth teller, uh, you have to unlearn how not to lie. That's right, that's right. Uh, and you can't 
do that under your own willpower. I, I know 12 steps might help you with some stuff, uh, but it might not help you to learn not, not to lie. Uh, you cannot do it under your own power. No, you can't. Uh, there will need, there will, you will need to have the power of the Most High God working in you to get you to a place where you tell the truth as you speak. God, you gotta, gotta unlearn some stuff. And so the Israels, the Israelites thought they were ready to walk out of bondage and then walk into freedom without taking time to learn and unlearn some things for the journey. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so as we land in the text in verses 17 and 18, uh, that's going to bring me to my first point, Pastor Keith. Uh, and, and my first point this morning is going to be this, y'all. Catch this. Anticipate the fire. Anticipate, anticipate. Uh, you see, we know a lot about fire. Now, some of it we have experienced uh, on our own, and some of it maybe we have read somewhere. Maybe some of it somebody uh, told you about it. Uh, but fire can be something that can be real or literal. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It, it's legitimate. Or fire can be something that is figurative. In other words, it's not real. around. 
somebody need to stand up and shout hallelujah. Well, 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 in verse 22 in the text, uh, it recounts that the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from in front of them. Uh, and Psalm 105 and 39 says it. The psalmist says uh, that the Lord spread a cloud above them as a covering and gave them a great fire to light the darkness. Uh, oh, God. Uh, you see, that's when fire, uh, fire is really working at its best. Uh, you see, the, 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 this might not be uh, where you are in your personal journey. Uh, but as a church, y'all, I, I, I need to talk to us as a church. I need to talk to us as a unified body of believers uh, that's under this, uh, that, uh, that's under the banner of RCM2. Uh, we have some decisions to make, uh, and we need the light of the master to lead us all the way. Uh, oh, yes, we do. Uh, I, I need somebody to be excited uh, about the light of the master. Uh, you see, this text is for those of us uh, who are ready to take, to take comfort in knowing that sometimes you will find yourself with a Red Sea in front of you and Pharaoh's army behind you. Hallelujah. Sometimes you will find yourself between a rock and a hard place. But when you follow the fire, oh God, oh God, that comes from God Almighty, you will land in your promised land every time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 so far, what, what have we learned this morning? I'm going to hurry up and get through this, but so far we have learned how God anticipates our fires, uh, how we can take comfort in the fire for it comes our direction and it can keep us warm. It can help us through those long, cold seasons. We have long, cold seasons, y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's, that, that's life. Minister Matt reminded me this morning when, when I came in and, and I was feeling like I was leaning a little bit to the left. <laughs> and I wasn't quite standing up straight on both feet. Uh, and, and he reminded me that this is how life can go sometimes. Uh, yeah, it, it can yeah. take us to that leaning yeah. kind of a space. Uh, and so we're standing straight now. Uh, hallelujah. Thank you for your word of encouragement. Uh, but, but, but that is what we, what happens sometimes we have long, we have cold seasons, letting us know that but when God has that fire, that the presence of the Lord yeah. is here. Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. And I'm going to tell you my third thing. Hallelujah. And then I'm going to go sit myself down. Well, well, the third point I'm going to tell you is don't fight the fire. Yeah. No, I know. I know. That sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, boy, what you going to do? Uh, let me fix this for you. Well, see, we have discussed that fire has many purposes. I think I already told you that. It can destroy. It can purify. Uh, it can give light. And it offers heat. Yeah. Uh, many purposes. Huh? But we are most familiar uh, with the fires that burns and destroys our property. Or, 
or acres and acres and acres and acres of land. Every now and then we will hear how the people in California are fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting those forest fires. Um, this summer we had uh, smoke way down here from Canada from fires that were burning seemingly out of control and, and you know anytime we can smell the smoke in Maryland and beyond uh, you know that was some kind of a fire and so you know some things were uh, destroyed uh, uh, and so what happens is uh, uh, people you know that, that and they ought to do it they get together they spend lots of money and lots of time trying to trying to uh, uh, put out the fire they they fight the fire amen fire fighters amen is that does that make sense uh-huh uh-huh I am not discouraging the work that they do they they, they they're good they we need them hallelujah now, for it is the right thing for them to do uh, but my Listen to my point now, and, and number three is in the opposite direction to what we have come to know. Why? What are you saying? What are you saying? When I say don't fight the fire, I'm, not, I, I'm talking about a holy ghost fire. Oh, God. I'm on, a, I'm on a whole different page. You see, that fire that shows up in the midst of your trouble, uh, your trials, and your adversity uh, uh, to